0: Warning, Pro Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again.
1: I started using the Magic 5 goggles back in 2021. For the last decade, I struggled to find a pair of goggles that didn't leak or fog up during a workout. When you're like me and wear contacts, having goggles that leak simply won't cut it the magic 5 has solved this and my goggle leakage problem with their easy to use three-step face scan that optimally fits your goggles to your face what does jan Perdino, ben canute daniel Backagard, lauren brandon and vanilla language all have in common besides being the best swimmers in the sport they also use magic 5 visit themagic5.com ptn and get your goggles today This is affiliate code, not a discount code, because each pair of goggles that you buy helps support us, ProTry News, to keep this show going. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of ProTry News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joined today by Mark Matthews, who's in
2: America. Hello. I mean, yeah. Hawaii, which is America, it never feels like it because it's just blowing six-hour flight from LA. But um, yeah, good to be here. We got in last night. Jet lags was worse for me than cat, which is ideal. Um, but love it. Yeah.
1: And have you already had like the spam and rice sandwich? Do you already get no. With that? No. no,
2: we went out for we went to uh, like food trailers last night up in Waikoloa Village with Ruth Astor, Indy Lee, and a couple of others had some nice hawaiian food trailer food came home this morning my belly's feeling not the best it's ever done i won't i won't lie and i've got 45 minutes to get on a ride so i'm chugging some water and hoping to survive for 10 minutes of the ride
1: oh my gosh that's amazing pat you raced yesterday how are you doing i'm doing
0: awesome the legs and my back are definitely feeling it um but you know again you know we talk about the health of triathlon and and it was fun to go do a cyclocross race and this is a sport that globally and in the U S is, has, has definitely come off of its peak, but it was awesome to go to an endurance event yesterday that had over 500 people participate. And, uh, you know, the money went to a great cause to support Boulder junior cycling, which is a huge juniors program here in town. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, yeah, just fun to be out. And I hadn't pushed myself that hard for a month
1: probably. So yeah. Good to be back after it. Nice. And today we have a guest with us, Chris Gimmel from World Triathlon. Chris, thanks for taking the time and, and joining us today. Hot off the grand final seven days ago.
3: Yeah, no, you're welcome. Uh, thanks very much for having me. And yeah, with that, definitely a, an end to an exciting year. Um, this seems to be quite typical of the uh, of the finals um, as part of the championship series. And I guess it carries a lot of weight for that narrative, um, you know, of having a, a series of events and coming down to that. I mean, I think the lead changed in the, in the, in the male race, um, about five or six times <laughs> in the last one kilometer. So, you know, it just, uh, it just makes it all exciting, but a bit of a mass headache, but it makes it exciting.
1: Right. All right. So, um, the decision to go to Pontevedra, what, where did that come from? Cause that, that, was the first time that they'd ever hosted anything and they hosted the grand final. So.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, um, well, it started. It all stems from the Multisport festival that was hosted there. I think uh, I'm going to say four years ago, um, and was a huge success. Uh, and we just got like you know one of the biggest, one of the biggest and easiest ways of us knowing if things are working is not only the amount of entrance we get at the events, but of course the simple survey that everyone fills out, or how many people want to fill out the simple survey. And that was just something that was almost like the uh, template for all these events going forward because uh, everyone in went there just loved it, the beasts. And then there was an opportunity that came up that we could uh, could utilize that option again. Um, and so then we thought, okay, why not? We it was a huge success last time. And I think Pat was uh, was there and he probably detested to say the same thing that, um, you know, it was another huge success. Um the way they do things and you know, the way things happen in Spain can sometimes be a little bit all all over the place in that sense, but it's cool, calm and collective all over the place. But just the amount of people that come out, like they've just got a real understanding of sport and getting out. And it's a smallest, it's not a huge city, but a smaller city, but everyone's like really community oriented there and, yeah, they were just like, you know, there's just hundreds of thousands of people just lying in the course. And that's not an exaggeration. It's no.
0: Not yeah. That yeah. Was really, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, the elite races were, were absolutely incredible. And I think the way, you know, we all, we talk about it all the time, but Trathlon's got geographically, they've got some constraints where you got to have water spot to rack the bikes and then ultimately run. And, and the course that, that the, everyone was able to use in Pontevedra, you know, really combined the best of all three. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that helped lend a hand to why we saw some awesome racing. And I think, uh, I would anticipate that in Malaga next year, you, you know, it's gonna, we can, we can, we can expect, uh, another awesome, uh, grand final. And, and, and I think it's been a while, Chris, you know, probably since you raced the grand final last time in Auckland, where we've had an October grand final, but, uh, you, you know, I think the way that the season's going to play out, you know, where we start in March in Abu Dhabi and end up in Malaga in, in late October. I think that that's, that's totally fine. And, and I, I like seeing the, yeah, I guess, you know, if we can, if we can have that narrative across eight months, I actually think it's better for the sport.
3: Yeah. It's a bit of a geographical <laughs> puzzle in that sense. Um, Sort of, if you, you know, you'll come to the conclusion pretty quickly, all of you, I'm sure, Um, that there's only some places in the world that can host the grand final because it doesn't work otherwise if we like stick it in some other places we have to have it in the middle of the year or the start of the year so for that reason um you know we try to balance it out and and look at the options why last uh the year before it was in Abu Dhabi but it was like end of November beginning of December because we had to wait until environmentally we could actually uh, host an Olympic distance race there without having to you know apply the rules so like we're playing this game all the time but um yeah when you find a good place and you find a good host and um, especially a good, you know, an LOC that we know that delivers to the standard that we need, and we can know that we can rely on them. Then, you know, sometimes it's just it's the safest way to go. And like to be really honest, it's also within the Olympic quadrant, and like knowing that the Olympic uh, period is such an important time for the athletes as you get closer to that to that time, you don't want to take too many risks and have them going here and there and so you just try to keep it easy and the other thing is we have to work with all the other private organizers you know like we want to be able to give them space so that we don't block the whole entire calendar and have these athletes racing all the way until december And that's that's super important as well
0: kyle before we t- i mean i know we're going to talk about the race but i think can we talk about this new alliance between the pto and world triathlon and and just the excitement that we have for that is that okay
1: yeah yeah for sure we can
0: go off script a little bit
1: yeah that's fine <laughs> um you tell us like when this came about and like how this kind of evolved and developed
3: yeah i think um well it's it's one of my uh kpis <laughs> let's say so i was something that i've been pursuing a little bit um over the last years um first of all establishing that relationship um and, you know even within europe with uh with challenge there's a very quite a strong alliance there with europe triathlon and they're hosting a lot of events and then, as you know, came along uh, the Super League Alliance with um, what we have at the Arena Games Triathlon and, you know, going through that COVID uh, era and, and really, like, you know, giving a big up to what those guys did. And, and, you know, we didn't want to then go out and rewrite the wheel again and, you know, spend the same amount of money and do the same thing because it just didn't make any sense. So we wanted to acknowledge the effort and the work they did and they did a bloody good job. So we worked out a way on how we could partner with them and then, of course, working with them already on the championship series as well. And then the next step was obviously uh, to, to look at what the PTA were doing. And we've just had a close conversation with them ongoing. It was pretty clear from the start what they wanted to do, but it was also pretty clear from my perspective. And I was pretty open with Sam: Is this really what's going to it's going to be like in two years' time? And I didn't think so, and I think he didn't think so either. But he was bound by a different uh, set of rules at that time, and then. Um, as you know, Chris kamo came in, and things changed pretty quickly. Uh, there was a there was a meeting uh, we had done in uh, in Monaco, and um, things were pretty aligned right from the get go. You know, his, with his experience in the ATP and working with an international federation and the ITF. Like he knew what he needed to have, and at the same time, he knew the benefits from both for both parties. Um, We had to sort of get up to speed and and we also had to learn from, you know, potentially past mistakes if you want to call them there or misjudgments what had happened with other private organisers and maybe the relationship that we have with IMAN could be much stronger than it is at the moment. We're going to continue to keep on working on that. So that's not a problem. So, um, so that was something that like, it was just aligned and then we just saw the opportunity and it just developed from there. And it was clear, like I said, they were going in a slightly different direction than what they were already uh, rolling out. And we were just sort of helping them steam along in that sense. and, And then the relationship became pretty obvious.
2: Can I ask what you get from it? Because it's pretty obvious what the PTO gets from it. They struggle to book cities, organize races, ensure fairness, conduct anti-doping things like that because they are a business organization with people that come from events management or social media etc whereas you obviously bring all of that to the party at kind of industry leading level what do you get out of the relationship with the pta
3: yeah i think uh maybe to rephrase uh the answer by simply saying it's not necessarily what we get i think it's what we should be doing and that is working with uh, closely with our national federation and our memberships and they are working already with the PTO so we had a situation where the PTO were starting to work with them but then they were coming to us and saying how do we deliver events if they're not uh, endorsed by them or can we work with them and we know this from the past because this has happened with other private organisers so we said okay we can make this easier we can deal directly with the PTO we also can help the PTO and that helps the national federations and at the end of the day, like I sort of had mentioned in a few articles now, like I think it's one of our roles as the governing bodies is to nurture the sport. And I think it's fantastic that all of this additional investment is coming into the sport. I think it's the best thing that can happen to triathlon. But at the same time, I think it, there are some people that are in the sport that have continued to do everything they can in the sport on a miniature amount of money, on a miniature operational budget. And they've learned how to like, utilize that money until it's running on fumes and we are pretty good at that pretty good at not necessarily just having to count the dollars and make the margins on every single thing but to make sure that we can get to the next point and to the next point and to the next point and to make sure that all those national federations can continue to at least uh, continue to grow at some point in some level so that's where i think that we also can help together and work together so to make sure that it's not getting out of hand
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the obvious place where I talked about alignment here all the time was World Triathlon and the PTO. They were I I truly believe they're athlete focused, athlete centered organizations. And even from, you know, how you guys have elevated the athletes in the last 10 years, how you've elevated the broadcast product across the World Series and World and World Cups. I see a ton of I I don't like to use the word synergies, but there's synergies between what you guys are doing and, and what the PTO is doing. Uh the, the most obvious next synergy to me would be that the schedules are exactly aligned and if when you guys go to Abu Dhabi, Yokohama, Kegliari, et cetera, I would love to see a PTO race at each one of these and they follow the exact same calendar. Is that is it realistic to even dream of that scenario?
3: Yeah, I think it is. I think it's very realistic. What also is important, though, is that these events can happen at the same time. I think that is the actual ultimate goal, in my opinion, like that I can sit at the table with Chris and Sam and say, okay, you can have your race this weekend. We'll have one the same weekend in another place. I'm not saying that we want to get to that in year one, but that's what should be the goal because that means, or every second week, that means that every second week or every week in a period of time like you mentioned before, Pat, there's going to be a mainstream great event to watch on television to be sold maybe as a rights package in conjunction i don't know like that yep. could be the goal as well but it's it gives this opportunity where it's not just a dot every month every month or every three weeks and then nothing and then something yep. bam and then away again like so that it's like that really strong narrative that we know that works. The hardest thing is to keep it going in between the time, in between those races. Now, we're lucky enough, of course, that we've got all these World Cups and everything, and that sort of, shall I say, fills those weekends, but it's not really part of that story, and it's not the mainstream part of triathlon that might see these more, you know, uh, the higher industries coming in and start spending all this money because they want to have this product. And that's where I think we can help each other out, basically block out the calendar and make sure that triathlon becomes mainstream
2: yeah cool well i yeah i'll let you go mark did you say chris you'd like to see them happen at the same time so you could have a pto race or whatever they're going to rebrand to and one of your races on the same weekend
3: i think that down the line i think that that could be a goal i mean because it happens already to be very frank like we we often have some of our own races and at the same time we have one and one continent and another one in yeah. another continent, or we have an ironman race as you know, and then we have our race, or the PTO has a PTO race, and they haven't so like we never we never There's only there's only fifty two weeks in the year, and there's there's seven big private organizers, and they're just acquiring more <laughs> and more events so the the, the reality is, is it's going to happen, and what I 'm trying to say here is that if we start heading towards this idea that eventually it will rather than we could never ever potentially have this as a possibility, I think we'll end up creating a difficult calendar for all the athletes to manage because we'll just be spotting all around the world. And that will have to happen at the start.
2: But if you have them on the same weekend, it's an impossible calendar for athletes to do both a World Series race and a PTO race because you're accepting they're on the same weekend. And given that you cash out 19 grand for a win at a World Series race and the PTO are pushing at 100 grand, and the PTO has picked the shortest possible distance that they can to call it middle distance, i.e. it's not even middle distance... Targeting your athletes to encourage them to come across some race like that. We've seen them give wild cards. Why would they race a World Series race if they can just go and try and win 100 grand at a PTA race on the same weekend?
3: It's a good point. And I think that that is a valid comment. And actually, uh, I have heard Kyle actually say it, I think, on this podcast. Oh, I didn't copy Maybe. Kyle,
1: did I?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's just Maybe. devalued Maybe. my intellectual
2: credibility. <laughs> I, want to,
3: I want to say Talbot, but I'm not going to give him No, I don't, so, mate. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that, like, these other events, like these pros that can't get into a PTO event, they're going to go off and they're going to do a 70.3 event. Now, yeah, sure. every single World troth on Genesis Series race, pretty much. Uh, the female, even now to a, to an extent, uh, either has a full field or a wait list where everyone's rolling onto the field, as Pat, as, as Pat knows. So it's never a situation where you're not you're not popularizing this. And to be perfectly frank, again, our role is to make sure that the bottom is always coming through, always coming. Through. Now, if the top goes somewhere else, I, it, I don't think it's a bad it's a bad thing for us because, like we see, that will come back if they need to come back, if they want to do the Olympics. And if they can go and make a million dollars or more doing this sport, fantastic, brilliant. Because while they're doing making a million dollars to do the sport, the other ones that we're not making much more are now making a little bit more than they made before. And like that is, shall I say, the ecosystem that I think we have to get and not this ownership rubbish because we don't own anyone. They're not our athletes. They are able to do whatever they want. And the thing we should do is make sure that they can do all what they want but they also have to take choices, like they do with sponsors, like they do with distances, like they do with anything. So that that's sort of the way
1: I see it. Cool. Yeah, great answer, Chris. Uh, since we went to a money question, I'm going to back it up with one more money question. Uh, last year, World Triathlon put up two point or sorry, this year three point four million dollars in prize money. The year before was two point nine million. Will we see another increase this year of prize money? whether it's at the WTCS circuit with the World Drafton Series or uh, more money at World Cups?
3: Yeah, so like, obviously the operating budget is the operating budget and I don't need to go into details of that because you can download the PDF of, <laughs> of the accounts thing and you can have a you can have it right on time with that 125 pages from KPNG. But long story short is um, we are always wanting to put in more money, but we're also running on this quadril uh, scenario. And that's where the money most of the money is coming from, as you know. And the other stuff is going straight into the and straight in and straight out. And what we have with Tokyo is we had this issue where, where, shall we say, cash flow is not super, super good for us at the moment because we had a delay in year and we've had to like use an extra year of something we never had. And we're like hanging on <laughs> all the way till we can get to Paris because we had to, like, use what we didn't already have from before, i.e. we're using Paris money in Tokyo because we had the extra year. So that sort of create has created issues for us the whole way along as it shifts along. Now, the reason why we looked at that option is because we know next year we'll have, shall we say, the money from Paris, from the IC coming in, from the IPC, so we'll have the ability to forecast it, hence we can then look at the prize money thing again, and then with the fortune and the foresight to go, okay, these things, these strategic partnerships are coming in, We want to keep building on that. So it's like a KPI for us now to try to to keep going. Now, we don't want to get uh, outrageously insane or anything like that because I think, again, it goes back to what you said before, Mark. There's other ways of doing that, and we don't have to get into competition with them. But we need to be able to make it as sustainable down the pipeline as we can, not necessarily just pumping up the top. And that's what the Athletes Committee have asked us to do. That's what we did this year change the money from the top from the bonus we put it further down into the to the event races so everyone got paid more they're still getting don't get me wrong they're still not getting enough as what they deserve uh i'm first first to admit that but we're trying to spread what we have as much as we can
2: so yeah. you interesting we we mentioned diamond before and they, they often come across as the baddies in the sport and they have done for a while just because they're the biggest player and I'm not suggesting you're saying that, Chris. I'm just, this more of a, f- a feel observationally. But you obviously have your own down pipeline, as you called it, the program. You have World Cups, you have regional races, you have all that sort of stuff, which then feeds into your upper races to make sure that people are getting paid and earning a living across the spectrum. What's the PTO's down pipeline, earning and through flow plan look like? Because in my eyes, it's Ironman.
3: Y- yeah, I think, and it's us, and it's challenge. And it's it's everybody else like they're, yeah. they're 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 like a franchise model in that sense right they're taking the top 20 sixteen plus four whatever the way way it works out in the end and they're saying okay you're already getting enough you can come over here and get more and then we'll give the other opportunities for the other ones to earn the bit that you were earning and we'll keep you over here and we'll sort of focus on that side of things so I think from that perspective uh, we are their pipeline and that's where I said like I've said all along and to go back to your comment on the on on Ironman when I was when I was in Nice at the at the World Championships and I was sitting down with uh, with, with Andrew and and I said to him like it's not about us you and them it's about like what are all the things that we can do together because in my opinion we're just part of this ecosystem and if you want to like just cover your own then I tell you you'll run out I, like you 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 can speak from I'm sure you can speak a little bit more uh, in detail to me but I think the first thing I noticed from this year is that like. A lot of the long or middle distance athletes, as we, if, we, if we charge them with those uh, italics now, uh, they're not used to uh, racing around the world back to back in different countries, traveling, going to different places, being in different cultures, eating different foods, staying in hotels together. Like they're not used to that environment. That's, not, that's a foreign environment for them. The ones that did good, if you look at the result, are the ones that come from the high-performance environments of working, of being inside the championship series and being part of these national federations. And they're kind of used to that. They, like, go to this and they're like, yeah, we did this. We travel around the world and do races from this place to this place to this place. So I think the first thing that they've got to do and they've got to make sure is they've got to look after those 20 athletes and they've got to make sure that they treat them because by the middle of the year, they might have only had five left. Because they'll all be tired, injured, or otherwise, and they need to make sure that they have a program that they can keep, you know, keep them in click and make sure that they, you know, are either contracting them well enough that they're not racing here, there, and otherwhere. And I know that Sam and Chris are, are totally on, on on the same mindset of that. But I really think that that's something that, like, is going to be like a key aspect for anybody that does that PTO tour. Is the ones that have the ability to be able to be consistently good change their training, not necessarily taper or peak once a year, but they're going to have to peak sort of six times a year maybe with one time really good. And I think that's a totally different model to, than some of those athletes have ever raced before. That, a that's race, just my opinion. But.
2: For a race twice as long as a World yeah, Series
3: race. exactly. And it's hard. They're doing it as hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, harder, the pace is hard. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, as you know, like full gas. And so, like, mm. then they're doing that eight times a year now. I mean, it's fantastic
2: but it's not easy. I think it's one of the reasons that there's going to have to be lots of zeros behind these contracts when they come out. <laughs> I think people, athletes recognise this gamble. And, and the problem they've got as well is outside of, I, I want to call them your athletes, but what, what I mean is the programme athletes <laughs> that you're referring to, the Christians, the Ashley Gentles, those that come through programmes. Outside of those, all the big name draws are, are getting on some of them. Like, they don't want to be racing eight times a year all around the world unless it's for an awful lot of cash. And the problem is the prestige, ultimately, as we saw with, like, well, if we look at the start list for the women's race in two weeks' time, it's by far the best start list we've seen all season for a long-distance event. And it's got nothing to do with this concept we're talking about. So deconfliction is still mighty big problematically. But asking them to race six to eight times a year, (laughs) some of those I just don't think will do it. I think we'll see retirements, personally. Yeah, no, no. I, like, like, like I said,
3: I think like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problematic situation. That yeah. again, I feel that we can collab with them and help. We've had to manage this for since two thousand. Well, you could say you could go back further since nineteen eighty nine. But you could say that like it's part of the series narrative. We've had to uh, manage yeah. this since two thousand and nine, and not just manage the series, but manage the and not the athletes because they're their own people, but manage the high performance programs and the federations and the coaches. And just make sure that there's not any craziness out there that like, because you see it pretty easily. You see the ones that like you're up and down or injured or gone or back or whatever, and they're always in the same, you know, they're always in the same loop. So like for us, it's like it's not to tell anyone what to do, but it's to set up a system which is then being able to be like, the athletes about to grow through it and they learn over time what they can handle and what they can't handle. And I think that this will be really critical in the first couple of years of the PTO that we like, help out as much as we can with it.
2: And like you say, time, right? Like this, this nothing's going to be perfect in cycle one. It's having a bit of patience and faith in the, the plan that's sort of put on the page. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, let's look back real quick to Paris. No one else on this call was able to make the trip, but myself, Talbot and Chelsea, we had a great time. Uh.
3: <laughs> had a great time mate the biggest cheer the biggest cheer of the whole time in Paris it wasn't when it wasn't when Beth crossed the line you know it wasn't that when you know hearing Talbot it, it was Kyle and Talbot watching a tiny little iPhone screen leaned up against the back of a fence outside that its lounge no no close man you were close
2: Oh, cool. go on. again uh, Oklahoma State <laughs> football no, it hasn't started to get
3: some, some, oh. M&A, some oh, MA fight. And oh, Kyle, God. Just, Kyle just losing it. And everyone was like, what is he doing? He's jumping around. I told you. I told
1: you. Sean O'Malley <laughs> upset the world and won the UFC title. And I'd been telling Calvin for the last three years. Sean anyway,
2: O'Malley... moving on. Um...
1: <laughs> but that was definitely the loudest I was in Paris. Uh, but... Chris, can you kind of take us through? I mean, I know that the mixed team relay didn't go off kind of how you wanted, and the para didn't really go off how we wanted with the um, the cancellation of the swim for those races.
3: Look, I'll, sw- I'll flip it straight away. It went yeah. off perfectly. It went off perfectly. I'm telling you, it went off perfectly. No, it
1: didn't, Chris. No, <laughs> on.
2: It did. It, it went off You've got to perfectly. be one hell of a politician. Why,
3: do you, it, why right. do you think it went off perfectly? Tell us why you think it went off perfectly. Because because in these in these types of things, uh, uh, I, I can tell you now that the not going created a better situation than the going. And I wanted it to go. Don't get me wrong. Everybody wanted it to go. Yeah. But there's not, now this not going part. It, they just realized this is, this is what, this is the consequences of not doing what you say you're going to do. Mm. You, 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 you gotta tell us the truth. If you're not telling us the truth, fine, no problem. We'll pack up, move, go somewhere else, but don't tell us you have to be here. If it's not the case. So yeah. this not going thing was the last thing that they thought was going to happen. So it happened. And now everything is a little bit different. <laughs> and it's a little bit like that. Like that's the way this situation works a little bit. And that's not to say the, the OCOG and Paris 2024 didn't want to be in that situation because nobody wanted to be in that situation. Right. Yeah. Sorry, but we're a few weeks
2: yeah, I reckon some of our listeners won't quite realize exactly what we're talking about. Okay. We're talking about water, the water quality. So we're talking about exactly. the water quality and the, the para race, having the swim cancel and the next team really having the swim canceled. Sorry, Chris, yes. carry on. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Sorry. And, sorry, sorry, Matt. No, no, no. Fair enough, fair enough. Just for context. And, here. and, and sorry, the...
0: can, can I just add one more piece and, and back up to that and say that in yeah. the last, well, we'll call it like three or four Olympics, the, the there's been a crown jewel with all of them, whether it was London, Rio, Tokyo where triathlon really got to be a folk where was fortunate enough to be a focal point for the city right of the Olympics and and it's I think it's very cool that the Olympics uses that event to showcase the city so I'm I'm assuming that that was the same idea and rigors that world triathlon was placed under by the IOC and said hey you guys are going to be under the Eiffel Tower it's going to be amazing and
3: no we problem. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. We've we, we've done it before. It's not a problem, and like we knew what we were getting ourselves into.
0: Yeah,
3: because we knew what we're doing. Yeah, if they don't know what they're doing, that's fine. No problem. We'll find out that they don't what they're doing. The, the, the test event, uh, and I said this a, a hundred times now since, it's a stress test, and it's not just a stress test for the event itself. It's a stress test for people in the event. You need to find out where the weak points are, where the points are of the cracks. And this happens every single time. It's not just happen at one game and not another. This is a game situation. So we, we 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 didn't like. It's not about like pointing fingers. It's just saying to everyone, okay, if we want this to happen the way we want to happen, then we have to keep pushing to make sure it happens that way, and not to just go, yeah, it'll happen, and think it'll happen, and then that's right. essentially can potentially what will happen next year in, in August, and it won't happen, hundred percent that that will not happen next year because. The, 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 the line in the sand has been drawn, and yeah. and they just we want no one will have to cross it anymore. So that that that's what I mean by that. And I don't want to I don't want to sound laughable, Mark, in the sense of the way I answered it. But like that's for me was like the best scenario of like what could have happened. Other than we could have just raced, and it could have been great, 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 and then we would have had to like dive into the details to try to find. Are we going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? But in the end, it happened, and now we've just got a bit of platform to leap from.
2: Finishing. Yeah, I see what you mean. So if, if the para race and the relay had gone off absolutely borderline ward's quality as well, they could have washed their hands of it, done nothing about it for a year, and that borderline tip could have been so easy, and then you were uh, up yeah, shit creek take- without a paddle literally next year. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And like you know, and the other thing is which is you know like. It's slightly ironic, but I'm sure that everyone here is uh, and all your listeners, that uh, you know, uh, are smart enough to know it. Like the, the level of what you're trying to measure here is quite like, like it's really, really, really difficult. Like really crazy difficult. This thing is flowing like super fast, not just fast, super fast, and you're like trying to measure it so that. You know you're measuring it forty kilometers up the road or twenty kilometers up the road and you're trying to work out when it's going to go past there just just for literal thinking when it's going to go past there when fifty five people are in the water for that period that they're in the water and then it's going past there, and then whatever comes after that might not be uh, the measured source you know like it's that literal what we're talking about here so the the wrong measurements or the That's right really measurements can like you, you, if you think about it the wrong measurements and the right measurements could be like you know, going like this the whole time. So we're just trying to do everything we can and we made sure that everything was done and we, and we, and we just wanted that to be the case. And for one reason, one thing didn't, one thing didn't work. And so then we just made sure that, okay, well, if you, we're not going to put the athletes in the water if we don't think it's good. Period.
0: So I'm, I'm sorry, we're kind of going a little off topic here and we've got Chris and we're, I'm, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation, but Chris, what I like to always say, success leaves clues. What other sport do you look at that has as many variables to plan for from an event standpoint like triathlon does? Because if I'm organizing a PGA, they go to a golf course, they know where they're going to do VIP, they know the 18 holes are set up. What other sport has these sorts of challenges that you guys have to you know, plan for, try and mitigate, and ultimately build around?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's many, man. <laughs> if I'm if I'm gonna go out and go out and live, there's not many. I mean, straight away to, to start off with, obviously we're combining three pure sports, aren't we? And we're overcomplicating the situation before we starts. start. But um, and then we're adding environmental factors, and then we're adding geographical factors, and then we're adding cultural factors. So like it's just it's tricky and it's difficult. But at the same time, this is also the uh, expertise and advice that we can give. Other people that might just be coming in to do things and think that things are going to happen really easily, and they just don't happen because you know there's a lot of money around. Like it just still requires a lot of things in place. So, so I think yeah, it's difficult. But I think we have a huge amount of experience and, and intel and our in our systems and our organizations to be able to help other organizers be
1: sustainable. Wow,
0: yeah, unreal. Well,
1: I know you guys got your hands full, but did you, you at least had good food in Paris? regardless
3: yeah no 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 and like like i said outside of the the water quality as you guys know the the paris test event was uh was was a success in that sense aside from those two races um i heard a few few guys talk about the bike course so i was also very surprised uh, myself uh, you know as a personal opinion that people went there not realizing how fast it would be considering the tour ends like that every single year (laughs) so i found that quite interesting as well Um, technical yes but doesn't mean that you can still ride away at 65 kilometers an hour when it's that fast Um, it's going to be it's going to be fast it's going to be uh, hard it's going to be quick Um, the other thing I think that's overlooked which will probably be more in coaches minds now once they saw the swim is how critical your world ranking will be Um, uh, that decides where you get to pick on the pontoon and you need to have the opportunity to pick a good spot. So anybody that says like, oh, I've qualified now, and then just pieces out and then uh, comes back to the Olympic qualification and then they may, may have lost like five or six spots because they haven't done any of the races, which they're entitled to do, they won't be picking first, second, or third. They'll be picking ninth, tenth, or eleventh. And that that could have a significant uh, difference in this race. It
2: becomes so more like an mountain bike. Have. Yeah, yeah, exactly right like uh, short,
3: like short track. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What's well, yeah. really, it's like Van der really
2: talking about next season? You know, he's going to have to change his whole approach to it. And he, you know, I yeah. think we'll, I think you're right. I think we'll see some do that. Can we talk about Pontevedra? Obviously, the results in Paris were yeah. perfect. Um, with Yi and Beth just doing the job. GD, <laughs> let's go. But Pontevedra was <laughs> one half was magnificent. The other half crumbled. What did you, what do you make of a grand final? It's the men's. Was the real upset one? Like, it, do you think? It's too easy to have an upset in the grand final at the moment. So you can have athletes winning all year, someone that's not come close, well, they've come close to winning, but not run a race all year and then can sweep it away on something like potentially a fifteen-second dropped hat penalty, and they can lose a whole season on it. Do you reckon that balance is correct, Chris, or not? I know this is this is subjective. I'm not saying there's an objective. No, 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 balance.
3: no, no, no. It's it's it's. I've been on both ends of that. <laughs> One yeah, is an athlete. Yeah, yeah, um, where, I, where I'd be like, yeah, man, it's way too much. You know, like <laughs> I prefer to go in there second and just, and just call it quits and call it that. But, but, it, but it's the same game for everyone. Everybody knows it at the start of the year when they start their season. And if and for example, to take Beth and Alex as the example, they said that they, that the test event was their, was their goal. So if the test event was Alex's goal, then, you know, what happened in Ponte might have been not only just because he didn't feel good, but, but because his training was, let's say, compromised after that point like yeah i don't know for sure but i'm but that would be my guess yeah whereas like uh this tried to do both and she managed it uh, perfectly so like hayden's scenario and he will uh he 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 knows that uh i know him well enough and we we talked about it like i mean this was just a mistake uh you can have small mistakes you can have errors you can have sabotage self-sabotage whatever you like but uh he knows it was a mistake it was a mistake not to pick the header like I was literally uh, 15 meters away from him and no, the, I saw it the, happen. the
2: mistake was missing the river with the kick the mistake <laughs> was not kicking it straight in the river that was the mistake <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> could have could 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 have been but I think like at the end of the day uh I still I still think that he probably could have won uh you know like it was that close you know like Literally, literally at the end, the irony thing is literally at the end when we're having, like he only needed to finish one place more further. If he would not taken that 15 second or had that prison penalty, then he would have been one more place further. And then you would have had him winning by two points. So like, so you're variables. right. It comes down to like that. But the other thing that I think is really important to notice is that like, if anybody went into that race, not thinking Dorian couldn't win, that was their mistake. And that's the mistake that those guys made, calculated or otherwise, because he is just there or thereabouts every single time. But like the moment that it comes into the place that he wants to come, which is a sprint finish, you're basically playing into his hands. And and that's what happened. And he just utilized that uh, perfectly. Like it was just pretty clear that he just, that every, all the cards just fell into his hands and he just made sure that he was the best athlete on the day for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, for Hayden, it's even stuff like Christian felt being ill and not riding well on the bike like normal cost him the race. Mm-hmm. You know, if Christian's fully healthy, gunning that bike, that gap's way less, and Hayden wins it easy. It's so many factors that, yeah, yeah. which does and, make and, and it that, really interesting, like, right?
3: Exactly, and like, like I and like, like, I'm also a big fan of the one day, you know, the one day events. You know, I'll, I'll be sitting there watching, like I wasn't when I was in niece and I'll be sitting there watching the the ladies in Kona because, like, I'm passionate about yeah. that stuff as well. But I also love the ability to have this narrative and and. Captivate me for a a period of time, and like I, I don't look at like Pontevedra. I think to myself, okay, where did they go wrong in those other races? Like, what was the result in you know in Cagliari when when Alex dropped Hayden just before, or in in Yokohama when he won by you know he won going away and and wedding Dorian finishing that race. You know, like that's where they won it. They didn't necessarily just win it there; they lost it somewhere along the line. So, you know, and if you go back to the Paris test event, like. Like Hayden falls off his bike on the way there. He doesn't even get any points there. Zero. Like even if he just started or he started and finished, like he would have finished twentieth. He would have could have got could have dropped his lowest score and he would have got you know a hundred more points, let's say. And then he would have had those points added on. So just little things like that, like you said, like they just play into the whole narrative of the whole season so. But it was exciting and and even and even like um like I said like like you said Beth's result. I think it was just like it was a coming out show, you know. Like her, the race in Paris was sort of like a. It was so much tension there, but I think Ponte Vedra was like a real coming out for her because, like, there was still a lot of pressure on her. You could see she felt it because she even felt it even more coming from the test event as the as the winner. But she she really rose above it, and I think that that was something that like um she'll take into Paris next year, like the ability to like be under that stress and and deliver.
2: And Kate War as well. Yeah, like, well, who are you going to pick, mate? Oh, just incredible. <laughs> well, Are you on um, the selectors? <laughs> uh, right now, have we, got, we have three women, aren't we? Uh, Beth, got, you... I'm, taking, I'm taking Kate as well. I just think she's shown it mm-hmm. so much this season. Tess event sixth, second there, so Kate's going. Georgia Taylor-Brown, I don't know. Like, we've got to see and, her racing.
3: Vick, again. Vicky Vick, Vick got seventh today, mate, after two years of being away. It's
2: crazy. It's yeah, insane. I'm not taking Vicky from that. I just think the sport's <laughs> so insane. fast at the front, and she often like struggled to make packs initially. I don't yeah, know. Right. Yeah.
3: I mean, aside from that, like it's like you know, it's just, it's, it's really cool, you know, to see the the, the, the girls going away and, and you amazing. know, like you know, having having a family and then coming back, you know. Oh so, incredible. It's and severe
2: like as cool. like with Gwen, like Nicholas Spiro did lots of times, like incredible.
1: It's a trend. You started anything schedule for next year Chris is pretty much out is that schedule set are you guys going to be adding any other events do you think
3: yeah the the team is in China at the moment as you would have seen at the Asian um at the Asian championships right and um look both Ching, Chengdu and Wei hai is um is on the list as potential um I mean they were always going to be a championship series race uh but um, unfortunately, um, you know, with COVID, everything just got shut down and then we've just had to keep them on the back burner. But we've had races there this year. Um, they've had a big ma- major championships this year. Um, we've sent over the, the, the sport director, Gugo Marcus, is over there to sit down and have a chat with them. So the goal is to bring them back in. Um, but uh, let's hope that it can happen next year. If it doesn't happen next year, it'll happen the year after that. So they're not going to. Disappear off the and never be seen again. It's just a case of when we get them back in. So that's why we've left that one. And as you can see, we also haven't named it as a World Cup yet, so we haven't put it in the World Cup list or the Championship Series list because
1: it'll go in one or the other.
3: Um, and once we decide which one it goes, then we'll just put it straight in.
1: What about Bergen? Bergen was a great race that we had a couple of years ago. It Was it was, to be a World yep. Cup and everything? So
3: yeah, but they they also they also wanted to have this, you know, like. I mean, I'm pro- I'm living in Stockholm, you know, I'm starting to embrace yeah. the Scandinavian culture, you know, they're very calculated when it comes to financial measures. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, they want to make sure that things are in the place and everything's going to run, run well. So the team are getting, and we had a call with them uh, the week before Pondavidja. So, yeah. um, you know, it's going well, going good there. And um, I think it'll be, it'll be, a it'll be a World Cup next year. Yeah. Um, and then moving forward, then again, we look to to, to move it up. And, and that's the thing, you know, it's tricky. We, we've got lots that want to come in, but there's only so many spots to go back to Mark's point before, you know, like, and then you've got to think about the other, the PTO tour. Then you've got to think about uh, Super League, you know, like, is, you know, cities, Hamburg can't have five of each, you know, and, and so on and so on. So, like, we need to make sure that we're not cannibalizing ourselves a little bit in terms of host cities. And yeah. that we, if we can't work in one city because it doesn't work for our product, maybe it'll work for one of those other products and we can sort of pass the opportunity on to them.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then one more thing I'd be remiss to ask you is racing in the United States, a World Cup or WTCS race. I know that Legacy Try in, in LA is kind of what they're trying to use as the poster child for the Olympics in 2028. Any. Yeah, the plan is. That. Yeah, the
3: plan is um, uh, two years and then LA 2028. If we get any more out of that, will be fantastic. So, like, if we get a World Cup next year and then we have the two years of the Championship Series and then we have the Olympics with a test event included, then that would be fantastic. If the, the venue at the moment is going to be um, in Long Beach versus Venice Beach and there's potentially the PTO going to be in Venice Beach and maybe we might be in Long Beach, you know, there's a lot of that um, chat going around. Yeah. but at the end of the day we need to make sure that the, again that the national federation are not getting stretched thin that they're not having to like cover two uh, totally different locations and then having to deliver across then so again that's pretty difficult for us so then we have to make sure that that works properly as well so yeah. so chris
0: imagine if i'm a i'm a person listening to our podcast right now and i'm running a, a local city or a state or something like that what What's the best way to get a hold of World Triathlon and say, hey, I'd like to learn about putting on a triathlon? What does that, that onboarding process or discovery process with World Triathlon look like?
3: Yeah, it's a good point, Pat. I mean, um, you know, we have uh, and we have a really big range. there. Yeah, so like to, to sort of go into the details of your question when you say to put on a triathlon. And you know, we get people wanting to know, and uh, you'll laugh when I use this one, where do I put the cones on the course? <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure.
1: no, I mean,
3: you know, like, like yeah. how, do I, how do I get bike racks? Or uh, we don't have water to, to swim in. You know, so we get down to that level, uh, which is then coming through the development pipeline, which is then through the development um, part of the sport program. And then you have, you know, opportunities to work with there and then we're basically teaching the technical officials and the administration on how to like deliver an event to the world cup and the continental uh, level and then the championship series level which is simply working off a bid document which is uh you know you can just go to the website and you can download the bid docs and they're all there that's very clear what the lsc requirements are what the the fees are for everything to deliver which are basically the cost of the fees for us to help you deliver it so it's not like like we're, we're we're always one-on-one in that scenario and then we basically get together and we deliver the event so it's not like we're working with licensees or anything in that way like we're always part of all the delivery plans and we manage it that way and then LSE is simply the boots on the ground that are helping us deliver it so it's very clear in that sense and of course you know if even one needs even, even further one then we just set up a call and we have a chat with yeah. them and we let them know more.
0: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a very fun experience for me getting, you know, this year I got reintroduced to triathlon and I've got to travel to a lot of, you know, what we call them tier three and tier two events, whether they're Conti cups or world cups. And it's, it's been very exciting for me to see that I'll call it like the transformation of what, you know, I'll use Waltuco as an example. And I saw the course on Monday before the race and I'm like, this is going to be no chance. Uh, I'm like,
3: <laughs> yeah. well, and then uh, you wake up in the morning, and
0: and, bang. And, then, and then all of a sudden it was like it was amazing, yeah. and I and the course was perfect. Everything was like it was the safest venue I've ever been to, as far as like the road closures. Um, and so I think it's it is really cool on 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 the way that you guys can transform a city. Even it was the same in Carlovivara. I'd never been there, but thought the exact same thing. Um, and so you yeah. have these you have these venues that aren't your guys's tier one venues but they still are producing what I think is a tier one product for, for, for everyone that's experiencing the event. And, and, and I think that's something that I've been to some other of, I'll, I won't, they're not your competitors, but I'll call them the long course. And I don't see that production level that has the athletes in mind. And I think that that's something that, yeah, that world triathlon really needs to get commended on.
3: Yeah. And that's super important, right? Like it's like, and it's one of the things that we're still working, you know, hard on every day. That like, you know, there's like we have to be able, you have to be able to go to a World Cup and it has to feel as similar as it can to a championship series. It maybe hasn't got the sprinkling of sugar on top of it, but it, it's everything that it should be in terms of, say, fear and the mm-hmm. environment lets you perform at a, at a, at, a, at that quality that you want to be able to perform at that should be the thing that playing field is always there for high performance. And so that's the, that's the key indicator for all of us all the time. And if something falls over then, you know, like we have, you know, the, the, the reporting system and the reviewing system of everything, you find the holes really quickly. And that's always the good thing because like we don't have a lot of these events that come in and out and to take uh, Carl's point as before, when you said about Ponte Viggo, wasn't in the series and they come in. And like I said, they could come in because we knew, that already they had delivered an event at that level. And they also, that LSC being the um, Spanish Federation VTRI, they also delivered Ibiza. uh, So we knew that they could deliver it. So there was no like, you know, like fear or, you know, risk that was like heightened by that. But some events are just brand new. And we just know that if we manage our expectations in year one, and they come in for two or three years, we know by year three, it's going to be a super event. And then who knows what can happen to it? Like can be in the, you know, like KV that can be in there for the rest of the time. Like that's where they want to be. That's their niche, like you say. They love it. The city loves it. The athletes love it. Everybody wants to go in there. The starless is always packed. The course is great. You could say, oh, it should be a championship series. But no, it shouldn't be. It should be just a quality World Cup because I think that's what they prefer to have. And so we don't want to push them in a way that they don't want to go. What a...
0: I mean, maybe the Kyle. Maybe the final question for Chris here is, is you know, Chris. I got and-
3: more questions. In
0: well, the you got more questions. All right, well then, go for it. Go for it. What
1: was your question related to? Because my question is related to something.
0: I mean, yeah. I think my, my big question for Chris is he's obviously been in the sport a long time. He's been at. He's had exposure to only his one part of his racing career and then part two now on the on the back end for for the governing body side. If and he's got obviously great visual on what Ironman's doing, what PTO's doing, but if you could close your eyes and one part predict one part wish where do you hope that triathlon is in five years time from now and i'm talking short course long course i mean you can kind of answer it however you want
3: yeah i think uh i think Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be to 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 sort of stay more professional in that sense so i do think there is an opportunity for for us to become more mainstream i think that that was always we're always on the the fringe of that but I, I really do think that it requires investment um, and I think that it's also clear that we don't have that investment and that's not just to say that sponsors don't want to partner with us because of that because what we can offer them it, it doesn't outweigh to what the amount of money you would need to get to that shall we say next level so I think that that's a good thing like I said that this with this additional investment additional private organizers coming in to sort of create this opportunity it's also important that we nurture it so that doesn't get out of control and then we can like be there in five years with this conversation with everyone and not with only a couple last standing uh, pieces. I also think that it'll be great if we have another Olympic medal. I think it would be fantastic if we know that in 2032 um, there's going to be another Olympic medal there. I think that that's a genuine hope for us because I think that also is the key role that we can play. What that would be, I'm not sure. We need to we're pushing on one way we might have to change our direction based upon the feedback we get and push in another way but i think that should be a should be a goal and if we have 172 national federations like we have now i don't necessarily think we need to have 220 but i think we need to have as we sort of have categorized them as being you know for level four of a national federation which is like well-administrated the ability to run events um, the ability to you know uh, deliver events in a safer manner. By themselves and not necessarily always with the help of either the Continental Confederations or us. If we only have like, you know, 50 now, let's say, and I'm just making up the numbers, it would be great if we had 120. I think that that would be uh, super important because as the, as the sport would go mainstream, the development needs to go at the same same rate. And that's what you see over the time, if you look at it from a high performance side, where some countries where have excelled in the Olympics uh, in the past are not necessarily there now because. Maybe they just, you know, it was all too good at the time and they didn't necessarily put the, the money where it needed to be and invest in that development program and invest in the people within their federations that they needed to. And I think the last piece of the puzzle, which is one that we are like working towards and, and I think that like our federations are our members, but I think the triathlon community has uh, largely been like something that, other people and other private organisers have um, more uh, dealt directly with. Like, we deal with them, but we deal with them indirectly through the national federations. It's not for us to jump over them, but it's for us to sort of lead a little bit more on that. So it's it's us sort of saying that we're World Triathlon and that we are working with all of these people and we want to help all of these people enjoy this wonderful sport. And I think Ironman does that brilliantly. And we should learn from them. And they have a lot to teach us in that manner. And I think we have a lot to learn in that manner. And I think the day that we think that we do everything great is the first time we'll go wrong. So I think that that's one area that we definitely can work on and we can help out in And I think if we get there, then we're already doing things that we do really well. These are just some, some things that we need a bit more work on and we can start to do a better job there.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's good. Two questions I have for you. Federation based questions first being do you hear about all the drama that goes on within federations
3: (laughs) man I was in the drama i know you were (laughs) do i do i hear about it
1: (laughs) yeah even still now do you hear about all of it
3: yeah and i think like i could have standing conversations with a lot of athletes about a lot of that drama yeah but of course i have a different hat on now but at the same time i have the time to listen yeah and and this is the thing is that you're everybody needs somebody at some point in time right and you the moment that you don't need somebody uh, is the moment that you probably will end up doing something else but the system is the system it won't change in that sense like you know from to to patrick's <laughs> go back to Kevin patrick's point it's not going to change in five years where all of a sudden all of these athletes are individual athletes and they simply ring up the national federation and say i want to go to the olympics it's not going to happen So uh, the system is the system. You can uh, rebut it as much as you like it, or you can say, okay, how can I work within the system to get the best out of me, my team, for my coach, every single thing. And those are the people that will succeed. And the ones that, of course, uh, struggle or whatever, we have ways to deal with that in terms of, you know, like being very literal here, but like we have uh, tribunals, we have the safeguarding uh, community, like, We're there for people that if they feel like they're not getting treated fairly and equally, but at the same time, uh, it might just be, you know, whether if it's just a bit of spilt milk or whatever, then it is what it is. But I totally feel for everyone in every different situation. But I also feel that, like, we have to also look after the federations as well. And we have to teach them how to look after their athletes. Some of these federations, they get, they find these amazing athletes and they just, you know, for what better reason, they don't know how to take care of their kids so you really have to like help them and it's not that's not because they're in the wrong position it's just because they want to have the support of the international federation to help them find and how to deal with those things that's their job so it's sometimes it's really difficult and then like you've got nothing but all the time in the world to not only listen to the athletes but you also have to listen to the national federations because they are the ones that want to be able to like make sure that their athletes get Every unequal opportunity to be able to perform. So it's a real, it's a real uh, doubly short, but, um, but drama will be always be there and it somehow makes the fuel go round.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And the backup question to that is do you see a world as we were talking about maybe another Olympic medal down the road, which could be either coming from the short course, the super short course format, which is what the right. league essentially is doing? Or the super long course format, which is basically what the PTO is doing. So taking it from either one side or the other, I mean, will we see a world that we have federations that are building either a super short course focused team or super long course focused team? And then the federations not only are focused on the Olympic distance, but also these other distances as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, it could happen, man. I mean, uh, it's not for me to say uh, that'll be Congress, the 172 opinions, uh, 177 opinions that are Congress, and then the Executive Board to decide which direction we have as part of the new strategic plan going forward in 2025 once we the elections are run in 2024. But in saying that, uh, we still need to bet on the best situation, and this is what we've been doing up until now. That's how we got mixed relay uh, in. Maybe we could have got it in. Sooner, if um, Jacques Roger hadn't retired, but one of the things he said when he retired was that he didn't want any additional Olympic medals to be put into the program. So then it got pushed to the next uh, vote. So like you're in this situation too, right? You might have the best thing, the best product to give, but you're just stuck in this election scenario at the at a higher level, which dictates whether you actually have a chance or not. So and what is important was important, uh, you know, five years ago, which was you know maybe it was media uh, and like how many uh, views are you getting maybe now it's mass participation and what is your under 20 age of everybody doing the sport in the world around around the world like there's different views now as soon as you shift so we don't know what it's going to be so we just have to keep piling forward and going forward and look i mean we have the marathon right you have the marathon in the in the olympics and then you have the 100 meters and then you have the road race and you have the time trial and they're like seven out six hours and and uh, 50 minutes, you know, like it's, it's, it's not that it's not been done before. There's a precedent there for that type of thing, mm-hmm. but it's also the other way. Like I said, we have this two hour package. Maybe we can have a one hour package and then we can have the one hour 15 package of the relay. We could have a sprint race, not at a super sprint, but just a sprint race. I mean, the, 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 the options are there, but what we have to do first, and I have to be really clear on this, is we need to push for all of these things all the time, but at the same time. We have to never lose the, 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 the foresight that we are one of the smallest international federations, and the first thing we should always do is retention. Retention, retention, retention. We need to make sure the product that we have in there is still kicking all the goals as it is already, and as Patrick said before, it is according to the IC. That's why they always let us be this, like, shining light and have the greatest venues every single time because they rely on us and they believe in us it's part of the reason why we delivered the test event so we we as as world triathlon we delivered as the international federation we will we will help them deliver the olympic games for the first time normally we hand the keys over and we say to the olympic games committees okay you, you you deliver it and we'll just be here to you know sort of orientate but we're way more involved than we've ever been because the ISC wants the international federations that deliver these events week in week out to be in more control so that they get to deliver a higher product. So we know that we're in that that sense with them, but we have to stay there. If we don't stay there, we'll we'll be out before we're in. It we won't be out about us having a talk about getting another medal. We just won't be at any. So like, that's a real, <laughs> real focus. Yeah. And that's with the IPC as well. It's the same with, it's the same with the Paralympic committee. Like, you, you're just pushing all the time. We got we got a whole bunch of new medals for, for LA, so that's great. But it's not like okay, hey, now we can sit. Now we can sit back and we've got 90 athletes, 90 uh, para para triathletes going to the to the Paralympics. No, no, no. We want 100. We want 120. We want the same. We want, we want the same as the able body. So we have to keep pushing. And that's uh, you know that's a little bit lost on some people. Like how much that actually is like the day-to-day work of us lobbying, lobbying, lobbying,
1: lobbying never ends yeah well i think that you're doing great work and world triathlon has succeeded in getting to this point and i'm super excited to see the future as you guys grow with this partnership with the pto and grow into this next olympic cycle with paris coming up in 11 eight months time 11 yeah. eight, 10 months time Try 10 to- months man so, <laughs> doing the math. Not that you're counting. So, well, awesome, Chris. You're more than welcome. to Stay on. We're going to talk about a couple of uh, longer course races, but if you, uh <laughs> <laughs> so we're not just, gonna-
3: just to have the opportunity to talk to Talbot. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go away. I <laughs> can get you know my two cents and look at him. Is that is that a, is that a GoPro? Are you? Or is that just? is that a Go? <laughs> Look, he 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 didn't say he doesn't need to get him in. He just needs to put him on video. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's
1: so, you know, awesome. As well as Chris Gimmel. so I mean, it's a great show. <laughs> great show we got. Classic, oh, um, classic. Oh, no, uh, good,
3: boys. Uh, nice to chat to you, um, and uh, I'll I'll leave you to it. But uh, as as I always say, you're doing uh, great things, guys. So keep it up. I... Thank you.
1: Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you so much, and we'll uh, see you in Paris. Cool. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye well
0: we got some race results to cover
1: dude i think that we're gonna have to go through a bit of a change here at pro Try news talking about race results i think i think that our our viewership and our listenership has grown so much that people don't want us talking about race results anymore i think they want us going deeper pat
0: i would agree yeah and i think so you know i think what we're what we're committed to do and what we're you know what we're going to ask the audience's uh, approval on, and you can please DM us on this. Is I think we got into a pattern of just reading first, second, third for every race that happened on the weekend, and I think what we really want to be able to do is our, our pluck where the amazing battles are, and then dig a little bit deeper. And so I will. I'll use I'll use seventy point three Augusta as an example. Right, I thought the women's race was much more exciting. And I'd like to spend a little bit more time on why that was exciting. Uh, and I think, I hope that the audience will appreciate that, but I, we, you know, we're blessed that we, that we really hear a lot and we learn a lot. and We, we, we tend to know more than, than most and we hear more, more than most on what's going on. And I think we want to share that and to do that properly, we're going to be a little more focused on particular events versus just providing a broad recap over the weekend. And, and uh, I think we might try it that way for a while and see how it goes and then uh, see what the listeners think. And yeah, Kyle, how's that sound?
1: I think it sounds great. I mean, there's plenty of podcasts, triathlon podcasts out now than there was in 2011, whenever we started this thing, which is fantastic. I mean, it not to pat our, ourselves on the back or carry our own flag, but I like to say that we were kind of pioneers for that. I mean, the only thing that you could equate it to was back in the early 2010s, 2015s, whenever uh, The Real Starkey was around. And I was an avid listener of that show and I enjoyed that show. Um, And then they went away. And then we didn't really have much other than the Global Triathlon Network, which the things that they're doing is great, putting out YouTube videos every single day and retaining triathletes is awesome. And so um, I just kind of want to, get us to the point where we're elevating even more and getting uh, kind of in the weeds and look at kind of through the, the race results rather than just reading the race results and being like, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. so uh, 70.3 Augusta I thought was super interesting just because Paula Finley has proven again and again and again, how good of an all around triathlete she is. Um, she does what she needs to do in the swim. She does what she needs to do on the bike. And then for the run, I mean, she does what she needs to do to, to be able to take the tape first. Uh, Tamar Jewett was coming off of back-to-back races. Would that have affected her? I don't think so because Paula's only lost to her one time in her career.
0: Right, but I mean, I think we were pretty, we were pretty bold and we said Paula needs five minutes.
1: Yeah, 100 Paula,
0: Paula, I mean, we were like, look, that, that's the only way it's happening, five minutes. And Paula came off the bike with four and a half minutes. And we were all kind of like, ah, you know, that's not going to be enough. That's going to be a little short. And, you know, they got through five miles, they got through eight miles, they got through nine miles. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, 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 Th- this is not falling fast enough. We think Paul is going to, uh, going to hold the gap here and do that. So, um, you know, let's, let's forget about the weekend before tomorrow at racing. But I think this is, this was just, it, it was an exciting race to watch and to see, uh, you know, Paula run really, really well. She had a fantastic swim, bike and run. And, and that's what ultimately got her the W. And I, and I think that that's, that was exciting. And, and that's not us. We weren't rooting against Tamara Jewett. It was just, that's, that's what we wanted to see. We want to see a great race and, yeah. and, and we got one. And
1: it was, it was delivered in the sense of the men's race. While it was exciting. I mean, you had Mika Newt coming back to racing after taking an injury, earlier in the year um you also had jackson and lionel who had been had this rivalry for a couple years now and then now all of a sudden jackson and lionel's rivalry got renewed after uh the 70.3 race in michigan where lionel kind of ran out of real estate coming down the finish shoe as jackson was taking the tape and so at this point you look and you're like well Mika knew. I mean, if he wouldn't have got injured earlier this year, you could be talking about him winning maybe one of the PTO races. You could talk about him maybe winning uh, seventy point, even 70.3 Worlds. He's one of the most aerodynamic people I've ever seen on a bike. Uh, he has that Red Canyon bike that just screams whenever he gets on it and he's pedaling down the road. And he gets to the point where he goes basically wire to wire at this race in Augusta um, Jackson finishing second and then Lionel in third, which Lionel on his Instagram posted and was like, I'm not coming back to racing until I know that I'm going to be competitive with everyone else. But if you look at Lionel's race results this year, Lionel's been on the podium five times this year. <laughs> every, mean, time, every time
0: he races, basically
1: <laughs> he's one and then he's been on five podiums. And so yeah. you look at that and you're like, man, some of these professional athletes would absolutely would, would probably chop off their right hand to be able to have, five podiums in a year, but Lionel's just, he's just built different and he's not, uh, he's not one to give in, but Mika new had an incredible race. Um, he's someone that I think we're going to be talking about for a few years now. It's not if he wins a world title in the future, right? It's going to be when he wins a world title, when he wins multiple PTO races. Um, I think between him and Rico Bogan, uh, Germany's long course triathlon, um, while we will be missing, Jan Frodeno, uh, Mika and Rico are going to kind of come through and roll some people in, in long course racing. Yep. Yep. So all that to say 70.3 Augusto was an exciting race. Uh, the women's was more exciting than the men though, in my opinion. Yep. And then 70.3 cause male. Thomas Rodriguez proved to the world that he is a stellar athlete. Uh, he's a stellar runner, Um, that course was, is epic. I've raced the long course race with Talbot off of three weeks of training. And, uh, I actually, I absolutely love Cosmo. I think it's one of the greatest races on the circuit. If you've never been down there, you have to go down there and race. Um, it's pretty much about all you can say. You had people racing back-to-back weekends. You had back-to-back an Ironman athlete that won at Maryland with Michael Weiss. And then you had Andre Lopez who had been, uh, who had raced, Ironman niece, and then Justin Rial, who's coming off an injury, goes and gets onto the podium, runs third, fifth through third, uh, all the way to the end. But Thomas Rodriguez, I think that he's an athlete that we need to look for. Um, once he gets stronger on the bike, I think he will be a force. St- be reckoned with.
0: You going to try and recap the Super League race,
1: dude? I just want to talk about the, the council chambers meeting that I listened to for six hours on Tuesday night because I've, I've honestly, I've never really listened to municipal uh, politics and I listened to that just because I was like, well, I don't know if this race is going to go forward or not. And I want to be, it's kind of prideful. I wanted to be the first person to post about it on Instagram. And so I'm like listening to this. And while I'm listening, I'm just like, so what
0: hour did they get to, the triathlon because you you had to start yeah. because you, you're gonna miss it you had to hear everything
1: so i got done i for those that don't know i officiate foot like high school and <laughs> junior high football during football season and so i get done officiating football game on tuesday night and the meeting is like because it's in california and i like i click on it and i'm like oh well i'll just drive home and i'll just be able to listen to it they'll get to it pretty quick and then we'll be done i get home just after 9 PM and they're just going off about just the uh, in Malibu and how Courtney has had this party, this blush party, which is one of her companies. And she filed with the city to have this permit for only 50 people. And obviously way more than 50 people came and, these council chamber people are just making it their mission to make sure that people know if you don't file a permit correctly you will not be getting a permit in the future. And so while this whole meeting's going on, I'm just thinking in my head I'm like, dude, they're not going they're not going to let this race go on. These people are going to champion this and they're going to make it a point that even though they're asking for this temporary use permit, they're just, they're not going to let this race go forward because all because Courtney Kardashian had a party and They want to make it their point to set a precedent. So they get to talking about the Super League race probably about 1 a.m. And then they get to a decision and the vote about 3 a.m. And so two hours of deliberation over changing a course for one of the longest standing triathlons in the United States. 38 years that the Malibu triathlon has gone forward. Thankfully they were able to vote for it to be a yes. And then after that, it was full board. Uh, it was an amazing race yesterday. Super league race happened. And I think it should come as no surprise. Cassandra Beaugrand was able to win that race, uh, followed by Emma Lombardi. And then on the men's side, you had Hayden wild come away with the win, which sets up for an amazing super league final in Dion uh, coming up here in a few weeks. So, on the women's side, um, first, second, and third are separated by two points. And then on the men's side, first, second, and third are also separated by two points. So you'll have to watch the Super League race in NEOM coming up at the end of the month. But the most important thing to talk about from the Malibu, Super League Malibu race, in my opinion, was the fact that you had these, the fact that Courtney Kardashian basically almost had the Super League race canceled. There we go.
0: All right, what do we have next weekend before we get into our Kona preview show? And and can I t- can I just make a plug for what we're doing in Kona?
1: Let me let me let me remind everyone why we listen to this podcast real quick. We listen to this podcast because triathlon is fun, but supporting our sponsors is more fun. Waterfall Bank has backed us for the last I don't know what has it been this whole year, twelve yep. months now. Um. Waterfall Bank is a FDIC bank that provides both commercial and personal banking for companies and individuals who want the best technology and top tier customer service. So visit waterfallbank.com to set up a bank with them, a bank account. And then Waterfall Racing is also a community of triathletes, whether you're in first place or last place at your local race or like to race around the world. uh, Waterfall Racing is $75 to join and comes with so many benefits as well as next year. What's going to happen is each community will have kind of their own captain and you'll meet up with X, Y, Z people and go for a group ride and you'll have support, uh, which is something that not, I don't, I don't think any age group racing team has. So that'll be super exciting. That's coming out of waterfall racing for next year. So if you are looking for that and wanting that and craving that. I think joining waterfall bank waterfall racing is for you. All right.
0: Can we talk about what we're doing in Kona?
1: Yeah. You want to, you want to take it? I'd love to, we're going to be,
0: we're going to be joining up with, we're going to do a live podcast with breakfast with Bob nine 30 Friday, October 13th in the morning and and we're gonna we're gonna ultimately we're gonna talk about the women's race and we're gonna the show will be live on bob's youtube channel and then we're gonna take it uh the audio and and do our podcast but i think what we're really thrilled to do is sit down and and hone in and focus on ultimately what we're gonna have is the maybe the greatest women's field ever assembled and and we're gonna be able to pick bob's brain who's been there for every edition and say look when was when was the last time there was a women's race that was this deep, and yeah. and how great is this race that we're going to be able to witness uh, on Saturday? So, uh, I think we're super excited to do that. We're we're I'm I'm really excited to go and to see the race and uh, report back on on how it is.
1: And you've never been to Kona before,
0: so this is first good. time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my travels, I've never been to Hawaii, so I'm I'm excited. There's nothing better than stepping off that plane onto the tarmac. Cause they don't have like Concord like an it's on normal airport you just sure, step sure. right off and you're just like the heat hits you and the lava fields hit you and then the views is just incredible so you're gonna you might cry Pat I think you will actually cry whenever you get off the plane yeah I'm
0: not so sure I'll cry but uh okay so what do we have on tap next weekend it's a light triathlon weekend before before our preview show
1: we do have a super light weekend of triathlon coming up uh 70.3 Langkawi in Malaysia is the Asian Pacific 70.3 championship. So you think that it's going to be a deep field, which actually there's about nine women that are racing this race, including Ashley gentle. Uh, and then on the men's side, Josh Amberger, Mike Phillips, yellow Geens coming over from short course racing, going to do some, uh, hmm. some long course stuff. Uh, Tim van Burkle is going to be racing a lot of Australians, a lot of New Zealanders. um, Ray Curry, you have the whole gambit of, of kind of Asian Pacific superstars that are going to be doing that race. Great. I have a World Cup in Rome, which I wish Chris was still here so we could talk to him about it. But uh, I've heard through the rumor mill that we're going to have to look at this race of it potentially going to a duathlon. Now, why this is significant is because there is a great bike runner in this field by the name of jason west who's coming back from long course to short course doing this race so where are they
0: where are they supposed to swim why is it going to be a
1: duathlon dude i heard that there's more poop in the water than there is water in the water
0: in are they so they're not swimming in? they're not swimming in the like there's a it's a pond or something that they're going to be swimming yeah, in
1: it's like right by it must be like just outside of rome where they're swimming <laughs> at all right well we'll keep you posted on that <laughs> That's just what I heard. I don't know if it's actually legitimate or not. If if people are just making stuff up, but that's what I'd heard is there's more poop in the water than water in the water. So, all right. Are we going to close it out on that end? Uh, I kind of want to close it on a higher note than that. (laughs) What do you got? Well, I want to know what the bandaid is on your forehead.
0: Oh no, we're not going to talk about that right now. What?
1: No, 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 no. We're not dealing with that. All right. Well, all that to say, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of ProTri News. I'm sorry that we did not put out an episode last week. I think last week was the first week we haven't put out a podcast uh, since we came back from our break in January. So thank you to the loyal listeners. The best way that you could support us would be giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps to where whenever pat's going in the negotiating table and talking to our sponsors for next year our partners uh then they'll say wow you guys have 4.9 stars on uh on your reviews so you guys must be really good and then we compound it with the listeners that continue to support us and continue to come back and we can't be we cannot be more grateful for you guys so thank you for listening and uh next time we talk to you uh, we'll we'll talk before we get to Kona. So we'll talk to you guys again next week. See ya.